is the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 12, Trade Winds Blowing with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network, InsideTheRink.com, your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow us on tw- on X at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app for extensive Bruins coverage. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And Smitty will tell you how to sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can go to InsideTheRink.com right there and sign up for ESPN+. Plus. I have it, ESPN+. Plus. I love all the college sports, UFC, NHL, hockey, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN+, Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN+. Today, so you don't miss any of the action. Yeah, I gotta see. You gotta see the uh, NHL, the uh, college hoops, the college. Uh, yeah, college bowl, bowl games. Bowl games. Yeah, there so, are all yeah. kinds of USC, UFC, all kind of stuff yeah. on there. You can get all of that right over there, and it's you and still it's have fun. The weed eater bowl. You still have that. The thing? pool and weed yeah. eater bowl. I don't know. They yeah. got the Fenway yeah. bowl. They got the is Yankee Stadium a, bowl. Is that still a functioning business? <laughs> The, uh, weed, eaters? The weed eaters? I don't know. I don't think it is because I think uh, like the the spray weeds company like gave people cancer or something. So yeah, they probably yeah. was it round I roundup. I think <laughs> the, the roundup like if you sprayed round, round too much roundup and <laughs> breathed it in, like you could develop uh, lung cancer or something. So I think that's probably round of one to have a bowl named after it now. The roundup, you, the roundup lung, the roundup lung cancer you, bowl. Yeah, I don't know. The Roundup Lung Cancer Bowl starring, you know, Marble Lights and Parliaments. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It might as well be. It's 2 6 and 16. Yeah, I mean, probably probably a 4 and 7 team and a 5 and 8 team. But hell, they'll get, you know, they'll get some nice, you know, bowl swag. You know, the the kids get a swag bag. There's probably like a bottle of Roundup and like a carton of cigarettes. Oh, God. Yeah. Maybe one of those push in lighters for the for the cars back in the day. You get one of those too. Five hundred grand to the yeah. schools. There you go. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Offensive line and five hundred grand for the schools. Where's that one held? Uh, in the ghetto in Detroit? Where's that yeah, where is that that's one? Not a good, that's not a good that's Mobile Alabama. That's not a the middle of Baton Rouge. Like yeah. uh yeah. That's in like the, you know, the, Gatlingsburg, Mississippi okay. or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. That's not not a good spot. Yeah. Uh I hey, love bowl uh, season. Rapid rapid review for this uh last uh four or five games. Yeah, it's gonna be especially rapid. Yeah, especially yeah, rapid especially tonight. Rapid. Here, here, here goes. Here goes. 4-3 four, win in overtime over the Leafs. This is when Brad Marchand found his hockey stick and began, began playing the type of hockey that we are used to having him play. Yeah, it was good to see. It was good to see that he did find his hockey stick. He had a little meeting there with Bergeron. Uh, and after that meeting, he seemed to uh, kind of find his game. So, uh, yeah. you know, is it is it Bergie just giving him a shoulder to cry on? Or, uh, you know, is it, uh, you know, a little tough love or something? Or what do you what do you think the conversation was about? How's the family? How's the kids? Was, I think it was con- maybe calming him down a bit. He's wicked. He was wicked frustrated. You know, yeah, you sure. On the ice yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bergeron, just a calming voice, talked to him, reset his head and then gets that 
you know, fortuitous goal in, in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, played a good game up to that point, but then, you know, Pasternak makes the play with seven seconds left in overtime. Right. Uh, he, he's able to grab it out of the air, put it home after half the Maple Leafs decided not to backtrack on the play. <laughs> yeah. And then and then they have it. They started, they got Marchand going just on that very play. Yeah. So it was a it was a big one for him. And then he goes on to score four more consecutive goals for the Boston Bruins, including three of them in a hat trick over the Blue Jackets, a three to one uh, sorry, a three to one loss, I'm sorry, to the Blue Jackets. No, they won. Uh, no, they won that one. Three to one three to one win over yeah. the Blue, Blue Jackets. Uh, revenge for an earlier loss yes. uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets and in Marshall had three goals, hat trick. Hat trick, yeah. And uh, was uh and scored three of the goals in five minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, everybody was just like uh, you know, kind of standing around and and he was like off of my back, boys, I got us in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. he took them home, and uh, they needed it because you know uh, they're still having these stretches where they, you know, give up a lot of shots. The odd man rushes to not playing great uh, defensively. Uh, long stretches of zone time for the other team, so they they still have some things that they need to take care of and clean up here. But uh, you know they're still finding ways to win when they're not playing at their best right now. But for sure, and then they they lose three to one to the Sabers. This was this was a stinker. I mean. It, Charlie McAvoy, they lost him during the game. It was just one of those really bad nights for the Bruins. Haven't had many in the last couple of years. Right. Uh, but this was uh, the Sabres, who a team that they dominated uh, in the past, recent past. Uh, and the Sabres just come in and they get Tage Thompson back. He scores early and three to, three to one Sabres. Yeah, the Sabres kind of just dominated this one. Uh, I don't think the Bruins really, they look completely out of sync and, and never really seem to have it. And, uh, you know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it other than that. They just, you know, they just didn't have it that night and couldn't really complete a pass. I mean, it's really frustrating to watch hockey when the team just looks completely out of sync. It's like every pass is a half stride off or in the guy's skates or, you know, they just can't get anything going. And it just seemed like it wasn't their night from the very beginning. Right. And it seemed you know, the Bruins whispers were that there, there was some flu going around and some sickness, and yeah. it just all added up to a big fat wet fart mm-hmm. against the Sabers. And then and then they turn around and play a good Arizona team that's been hot, real start, hot, sure, young team, uh, good young team, and they win five to three. They go through large stretches here though where they don't play well. Arizona carries play, uh, but the Bruins really pounce on their opportunities. Mm-hmm. Almost felt like Arizona tilts the ice and then Bruins come down and score. Like it was just one of those kind of one of those days. And uh, the Bruins get a five to three win over a good, good Arizona team and, and really kind of fortunate to win it. Yeah, I thought so. I thought they were fortunate. It was kind of a reverse of the Sabres game in many ways where, you know, the Bruins uh, in some stretches during that Sabres game, like have the Sabres hemmed in the entire, you know, shift or two shifts. And then all of a sudden Grizzlick turns it over at the blue line. Sabres come down and score. And it it was just one of those things where uh, in this particular game, Arizona had large stretches of, of puck possession or whatever. And then the Bruins would just come down, have a good shift and score. Uh, so, you know, uh, fortuitous certainly, but they did, you know, take advantage of their chances when they, when they had the opportunities to do that. Yeah, they certainly did. And now they're 18, five and three and up atop the Eastern conference. Um, and if you ask, if you said that at the beginning of the year, that 26 games in, they'd be where they are now. You take it. 
Oh, absolutely. Sure. 100% yeah, because everybody, everybody thought they would struggle. Yeah, everybody thought they would struggle this year. And, and you know, they were, um, you know, missing Bergeron, missing Krejci going in. And you thought the lineup would look a little different. You know, Lucic is out. McAvoy, you know, has missed some games with the suspension. And now he's hurt a little bit. So, um, yeah, you'll 100% take this uh, where they're at right now in the standings. Wait, no question. And uh, all right, time for Seven Chirps, and it's sponsored by Lobster Brewing. Lobster Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island. That now has a bar down in New England IPA as well, and it's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS, get 10% off your online order. Go to lobsterbrewing.com. Follow them at Lobster Brewing for new beers and events, including bar down IPA. And number one is... Do you feel better now about Brad Marshman after scoring five consecutive goals for the Bruins and seems to have his game back? Maybe he's starting to get back to uh, what he was. Yeah, I, I think it was just kind of a little uh, bad stretch for him where, you know, things weren't going his way and he was getting frustrated. And, and uh, it, it is nice to see him turn around and, you know, he's still he still at that point was like 19 points in 23 games. So it's not like he fell off the face of the earth or anything, but he just wasn't playing up to his capabilities. And that's all where really that's the standard we hold him to is, you know, he's been one of the best left wings in the league for, you know, a handful of years here. And, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the standard that he's set for himself and, and the fan base. So um, he wasn't kind of living up to that. And, and it is nice to see him kind of get back to that. He is seemed to be shooting more, too. I don't know if that was something that was talked to right. him by the coaching staff or Bergeron or, you know, mm-hmm. some of his teammates. Who knows? But uh, somebody got it through his head that he needs to shoot the puck more. And, and would you look at that? It's going in. <laughs> it's going in. A couple going of those in. off-footed Marchand signature yeah. goals when that hat trick. Like, it's just that's... I mean, he buries those. He, he used does. To bury them. And yeah. He, you know, he needs to take those shots for sure. Uh, chirp number two, Brandon Carlos has been flat out terrific all season long. Uh, he's just been really, really good. Uh, he's, I think he's, I think he's at a plus 12 to lead the, the team. Uh, you see that on, on YouTube. Oh yeah. 26 games played, you know, he's, he's averaging 20 plus minutes per game of just a horse on the, on a penalty kill. He had, he had seven, almost eight minutes of penalty killing time the other day against Arizona. I think it was, um, He's just been so, so, so good and really has quieted a lot of critics. I think he is underrated. And I'll tell you what, if you're watching on YouTube, you should be watching on YouTube because right now you would look at this picture of Brandon Kylo and you're like, that is the sexiest man alive. People's sexiest man alive, 2023, Brandon Kylo. I mean, look at the guy. He's just a stud. Um, Anyway, if you're not watching on YouTube, you just have to use your imagination. That's all. You do. Um, But you should be watching on YouTube. Um, But uh, he has been great. And I think he has taken the be more physical in in his net front to heart. I think he's been more Mm -hmm. physical this year than he has been in the past. And I think that's helped his game. I think it's given him a little more room. I think he's helping out in the net front, bring being a little more physical and he needs to do that. He's a big guy. Uh, He, he can take up space. He's got a long stick. Uh, That's what she said. But uh, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, he's got a lot going for him as far as, you know, the size and the skating ability. Uh, And if he can add that physicality to, uh, to it, which he has done this year, you know, he turns into a really complete shutdown defenseman. 
I'll tell you what he's really great at is behind the net and again in the penalty kill behind the net goes gets the pucks and he's really good at sending up the center of the ice like really good at that clearing thing like he's he's really good at that and he's been ex- much better with the puck decisiveness decision making mm-hmm. making passes out of the zone like he's just been so so good and and I don't know I, he was better last year I, I think the Cassidy thing is definitely a factor you know do you I, think not playing for him anymore do but you think, think it's it's just being so he's just being you know here here's the thing that's always been true about Carlo when he when he has when he's in and out of the lineup he doesn't he follows out of rhythm mm-hmm. like he doesn't he needs to put 20 games under his belt in a row you know good and then he then he's fine but there's been too many times in, that he'd be out of the lineup or he'd be nicked up or he'd be just not being able to get a rhythm he's that i think he's that type of player yeah what the question i was going to ask is do you think with it being at the second year now in Montgomery's system that he feels a little more comfortable and that's kind of helped him too because comfort, comfort is like you said, comfort is a big thing for him. So sure, yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's the case. And he's been playing with Lindholm, uh, who's a you know who's an excellent player. Like he's a mm-hmm. good player, and he he does a lot of the offensive. He's more of an offensive type of player. So I think that takes a little bit of his. And he you know when he plays with Grizzly, I mean, Grizzly's a, a, a smaller guy. He's you know Carlo has to take on more i think physically and although lindholm's not super physical he's a bigger guy you know, sure. he's a, and he's a he's a guy who can carry the puck and play heavy minutes and that type of thing and i think it's a pretty good pairing i'd like to see them get another guy to play with mcavoy uh and keep carlo and lindholm together for another couple of years i'd like to see that because i think they do okay together Interesting. I, I do i think it i think and i think lindholm you know, interestingly enough, has had a better defensive season than offensive he has. season this yeah. year. I think he's been pretty solid defensively. He's been very he solid defensively. No, he doesn't. And he doesn't, and, you know, he's not physical, but he's been good positionally, defensively this season, much better than typical, I think. Uh, and maybe that has something to do with playing with Carlo, you know, because yeah. Carlo is so steady defensively. So, but I think you're right. I think the Montgomery factor whether it's system or it's just the way he coaches him mm. has been a really, has been a really good positive for Brandon. Uh, all right. Chirp number three, yay or nay on Calgary defenseman, Noah Hannafin. So that's interesting. You say find someone else to play with McAvoy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a left shot defenseman right there. Who is, you know, six, three and you know, 26 years old. Um, I mean, I'm I'm in. I don't think he's 100% the type of guy they need as far as the physicality part of it. I still think you could get a guy like that for your third pair. But if you're talking a top four defenseman that can move the puck and, and do all the other things, and I think Hannafin is your guy. So I would be a yay on Noah Hannafin. Do you think they're too – that they are just – too much stuck in their ways with this of having the same type of defenseman. Like I, I, I don't know. I just I feel like he's another Lindholm. Like he's the same type of thing. He is he's, similar. He's an offensive defenseman doesn't play super physical. Isn't that one of the problems with them? Is it, that yeah they aren't physical enough, snarly enough? I think it is. Enough? I think it is, and I I wonder if that's something that can be coached into him. I don't know. It seems like maybe. It, was coached into Kylo a little bit. Um, so, you know, maybe being back home, maybe that helps him too. 
I don't know the crowd because he knows how the crowd responds to physicality and so forth here. So, um, you know, being a local kid, so I feel like you know maybe that's something that you could coach into him. Maybe it isn't. Um, but like I said, I I think the size alone would help. You know, it's six three versus Grizzlick's you know five nine if he's lucky. So right. um, I think he withstands the rigors of the playoffs. I mean, he's six three two oh seven. So he's not like he's right. a, some, you know, little fragile kid. Um, right. And he can skate and he can do the offensive things they want. And I think part of, you know, the problem with getting one of those big physical guys, you know, Forbert's supposed to be a big physical guy and he can't skate to get out of his own way and he can't get the puck mm-hmm. out of his own zone. So if you right. can't go back to get the puck and get it out of your own end, then you're going to have problems and you're going to be stuck in the zone for a long time. And I think that's part of the problem with Grizzlick. Even though when he's back to get the puck first, he's great. But if he's going in at the same time as someone else, the other guy's winning the puck. Or Grizzlick's not going to go in to take the hit. He's going to let the other guy have it, and then they have zone time. So, you know, there's some issues there that, you know, I think Hannafin could probably help out with. Um, would I give up all they need to give up to get them? That's another story. Um, and, and is that included in maybe a bigger trade, which is. Here's my issue is, is Lindholm, Hannafin, Lowry too redundant? Um, is that's what it is next year. If you get Hannafin. Yeah, but I mean. Is it, Isn't it all the same guy? I mean, Isn't sure. The same guy? Yeah, it's all the same guy, but they're all pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right. So would you rather have three pretty good guys or would you rather have, you know, Grizzlick, Lindholm, Forbert? Right. I think I would rather have, you know, yeah. Lowry, Lindholm, Anafin than the other three. Right. And then maybe you get, maybe you do McAvoy, Carlo in, in some like, sure. you know, snarly asshole. Right. Uh, with with Lowry. Yeah. That, I mean, I hate Radko Gudis, but if he was on the Bruins, I'd probably love the guy. I know. I know. And that, that's the whole thing. Like, he blows. He does. He 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 would he would absolutely bring a, a different dynamic to your yeah. defensive core, for sure. 100%. Right. Um, so I think that that's true. Uh, how about, okay, yay or nay on Pat, Pat Maroon? <clears throat> I think I'd probably be a yay on him too. I think I know he's slow as fucking dirt, um, but you put him in front of the net and he can cause problems because you can't move him because he's a fucking tub of I don't know what, but he's a tub of something. Uh, just ask Jack Edwards; he'll tell you. Uh, and so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm in on Maroon because I think he can score goals. He's been through the playoffs. He knows how the playoffs work. He's willing to stick up for his teammates. He's willing to, you know, chirp and battle and that whole thing. So I would be in on him, you know, and, and maybe it's not a every game thing. Maybe it's a, you know, against the Florida Panthers type of thing, a matchup type thing where he's in against certain guys. And then you have Lauco and Steen and against other teams. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's, if you're talking about a fifth round pick or something like that, sure. All in. Yeah. Yay. I think I'd rather have Pat Fallon than Pat Maroon, but uh, you know, but I'll say I'll say this, and I've said it before: is one guy who plays ten minutes a game doesn't change the fact that 
you almost have to change the culture of the thing. Like you, I think you have too many guys who don't play that way. Like this one guy really make a difference that plays 10 to 12 minutes a game. No, it's, it's the culture. I mean, it is. And, and it, and we talked about it before, but like the Florida thing, it's not having a guy there that's going to beat somebody up. If he takes a run at your guy, you know, run at your stars or run at Pasternak or run at Marshan or McAvoy. It's how your stars handle getting run by the other guys. Are they going to stand up for themselves? Number one, are they going to be able to take a hit to make a play? Are they going to want to take a hit the second or third or fourth or fifth or twelfth time to make a play in the playoffs? And the Bruins proved against that Florida team they were not willing to take hits to make plays. They were afraid of getting run, and they weren't sure. going into corners to win puck battles. And right. they just, Florida took it to them. So mm-hmm. it's really how the other guys handle it. And you're not getting rid of Pasenox and your McAvoy's and your Marshans. So mm-hmm. the guys at the bottom of the roster don't really matter all that much. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do you need a Hannafin or whatever to cross suck somebody in the mouth in front of the net? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if you had a few guys who did that. Um, right. But ideally, it's a guy who would go, he would go back win a puck and get out of his own fucking zone before they have a time to, to set up the four check. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess there's a, it's, it's two different ways of looking at it, but I think it really is how your stars handle getting obliterated over and over and over mm-hmm. again. You know, are they yeah. tough enough in a series to withstand that and still make plays and, and win games? Well, the identity when they won it was, Ference, McQuaid, yeah, you know, Boychuk, Seidenberg, Chara, like, yeah, beating the bag uh, out of you, yeah, yeah. I mean, a physical, physically skilled, yeah, yeah, physically and, intimidating, and, right, mm-hmm. right, and they don't have that. They don't, and and that's something that I think is still still an issue. That was up uh, and down the roster, though, in that. So it is a cultural was, thing. I mean, that wasn't that. Yeah, that team was like they'll they'll fight and scrap and and chirp because Thornton would. I mean, Thornton told somebody he could pick which hand he wanted to beat the shit out of him with. I mean, for crying out loud, <laughs> he's like, who was this? Yes, Dale Weiss or somebody. Or? Oh, it was, it was Dale. Was it Dale Weiss? He said Canadian. He's like, yeah. I'll let you pick which hand I beat the fuck out of yeah, you with. You know, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And then like. Yeah. Campbell would fight, Paye would fight, Lucic would yeah. fight, Horton yes. would fight if he had to, you know, yes. Marshan was beating in the bag out of the Sedins. Yes. Every yep. single player on the defense would fight. So well, that's how they beat Vancouver. I mean, it absolutely is. One hundred percent. They answer the bell. One hundred percent. And that's how and that's how St. Louis beat you in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. So 100%. yeah, I mean it's it's an issue. Until they prove otherwise, it's an issue. It's an issue, right? So it's going to be an issue again if it happens again, and it's just going to be one of those things where you can't deny it. Like right. at some point, you can't say, "Well, it's not that big of a deal." When it is every single year. Yeah, if you keep losing to teams like that, if those right. are the teams that you right. lose to every year, right. then it's an issue. Yeah. Then it's a problem. It and and uh, our our ace producer Connor Ryan just put up Tim Thomas equals fighter, and he would fight too. Connor, he was Connor a green. Oh, Connor. <laughs> What I call (laughs) right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Connor. (laughs) Sorry, we have the better Connor. We do. Um, 
But Tim oh, Thomas, Tim Thomas would fight you. He he was he was throwing blockers into the face of uh, of Canucks in the crease in that series. Yeah, he had the Sedins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean that that was the whole reason why he won. I mean they tried to play that. You know, Alex Burrows. They tried to do that. Bite the finger. Yeah, and, Burrows and Biaxa and Laperriere. Yeah, didn't work. No, didn't work because they were up to the task. Um, all right, sure. Four, let's play this game. Who would you deem untouchable after McAvoy, Pasternak? And we'll put Martian in there because they're not going to trade him. So any anyone untouchable on the roster than those guys? Um, I would say one of the goalies. Okay, right. So right. it doesn't, I mean, it, I mean, to me, it would be Swayman. I think you keep Swayman because right. he's younger and... And you have, right. you know, more years of control and so forth. So I, I guess I would say Swayman on that list. But yep. if you right. if you could trade Swayman for Connor McDavid, I'm trading Swayman for Connor McDavid. Oh, for you know, sake, so yes. yeah. so uh, untouchable Try though still, means. How about Nylander? Um, <laughs> that won't happen. Yeah, it won't but happen. In division, uh, that won't happen. Um, but I, I would, uh, I would say Swayman is untouchable. Uh, and after that, n- uh, nope. Yeah, you can have anyone else on the roster for in the right deal. Prospects. What prospects? Uh, any any anyone in the right deal? Yeah, I, I I'll agree. trade any, any any even Patra in the right deal. Sure, yeah, right. yep, yes. trade. Yes, I would too. I one hundred percent would because look, they were the thirty second worst uh, prospect pool. They're still probably twenty eight thirty. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Patra's potential. I love right. Low Rise potential. I think Lysal's going to turn out to be pretty good. Mercula right. is having a fantastic season. He just had a five-point yeah. game in Providence, for crying out loud. Farinacci yeah. looks pretty good. Um, yeah. Regula's looking pretty good. So they have some some guys that have looked pretty good, and I'm excited about, but I would still trade any of them yes. in a heartbeat in the right mm-hmm. trade. The only one I would remotely hesitate would be Lowry, just because I think he has a he has the most upside skill set of anyone. Yeah, I mean... I right. think he's a top prospect, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, but being not sure, you have Lindholm and and you know you have you know, I mean you have some pieces there long term, Lindholm and McAvoy and Carlo and you know you still have some guys there. So I, well, here's a question: if you if you trade for Hannafin, does he go in the Hannafin deal? Uh, he, if I'm Calgary, I ask for him. Sure, and that's who I target. Absolutely. Yeah, especially if it's Hannafin Lindholm, uh, right? Elias Lindholm. Like if that's thing, that's that starts with Lowry. I would imagine. Yeah, like, I think it has to. Foolish, not to. I think it has to be Lowry, Lysel, a number one, yeah. maybe a guy yeah. off the roster too, maybe sure. a Jake DeBrusque or somebody. DeBrusque. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, but then you have to decide who, you know, what the return is. Is that better than you would have had? So, again, like Hannafin, who do you want to have, Hannafin or Lori? Like, so you have to make that yeah, decision. Like, I mean, you take Hannafin plays the same position. Like, do you want to send Lori in that deal thinking Hannafin takes the spot? You know what I'm saying? So you have to play that game. I, you do. But, and and then there's also the whole, like, low-rise, low-cost right now, and Hannafin isn't. Yes. You know, right. and that's another thing where you're in good salary cap position next year, especially if it goes to 87, seven, whatever they said it is. Yeah. So now you're at 26 million or so, 27 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. And you have some flexibility, there, which you haven't had. Right. So I, you know, I think you want to look, Don Sweeney's not going to, not going to make any trade. That's anything less than Hall for Anders Bjork and whatever the fuck. Right. Like he's going to make a trade. He's going to win 
going away. I have heard, though, and I don't know who I heard it from, but I have heard in the ether out there that uh, it's possible that Hannafin is pulling a Taylor Hall type of thing and saying, if you trade me, the only place I want to go is Boston. I've heard that. I don't know whether it's true or not. I have no idea. But if if that's the case, yeah, then... Because then you're like Lauco and yeah, fucking, sure, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. Lauco and a second round pick or whatever, or it's Lauco and right, whatever. Lauco Harrison and a second round. Yeah, pick. we'll give you, yeah. we'll give you Brett Harrison in a second for yeah. for Hannafin, and just yeah. be happy that you got that much. Sure, and Lauco or Steen or whatever. I don't know. Throw another guy in there. Sure. Piece of shit. Um, <laughs> all right, chirp, chirp five. Can the Bruins really get Hannafin and Lindholm, and should they trade the package of prospects it would take? Uh, I don't think they will during the season. That's just not Don Sweeney's mo to trade off no. the off mm-hmm. the roster. Um, you know. Do you think? Do you think that DeBrusque is in play here? Do you think that that could happen? I still, I still don't know how they really feel about him. Yeah, I don't either. But I don't see. I don't think I would consider him a major piece on the roster right now, even though he's not playing up to his capabilities. I see. I mean, he's still right. a top six winger that scored, you know, twenty five, thirty goals, you know, a, a right. few years. So he's still a major piece. I can't see them giving up a major piece off the roster in the season. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they will. Uh, he he hasn't really so he hasn't really done it. He he'll do it in the off season. He'll make the Zaka for Hall a thing in the off season. But in season, he's not giving up people off his current roster that aren't just like a fringe guy, you know, like an Anders Bjork or you know uh, a Ryan Donato, you know, in the Charlie Coyle trade. You know, he's just not giving up prime top six, top nine wingers or centers uh, off the current roster. I don't think you will. Oh. So I don't think you. Yeah. I don't think you have to worry about whether or not they make that trade, unless Hannafin is like, I'm only going to the to the Bruins. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I think if that happens, I think you'll you'll see them definitely pull the trigger on that. But that would be a heist if that was the case. Yeah. Uh, all right. Trip six. Matt Patras was sitting in third periods, had a meeting with Monty. Monty did mention that he wanted to play the guys that were giving them a chance to win. Is this load management or lack of confidence in the rookie? I know he's been a little up and down, but not God awful bad. So I'm not sure how it, it, I don't know what to make of this. Is this, is this something that, Patra has shown signs that he needs a wake-up call, or is it something that they're just planning to do here and there? It just seems odd in the third period, especially in the game where you lost Saka, yeah. and you're down to two centers without Patra in there. That seems sort of strange to stay with that play in that game. It does seem strange to me, the whole thing and how they're handling him. It does. Because I thought they would have him up here, and once he they determined he was going to stay, that they would kind of let him um, kind of play through his mistakes and, mm-hmm. you know, have some growing pains so that later on in the year and, you know, hopefully into the playoffs that you could trust him to put him out there and situate. Like, if you can't trust him in the third periods of games in fucking December, you're going to trust right. him in the playoffs? No. Yeah. yeah. So what what are we doing? Then, like, yeah. if That's if you're not going to play the kid now, when are you going to fucking play him? Yeah, what, what, what's that? What 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 sign is he going to show you without playing in the third? Right, that he's going to be ready for in April. Yeah, That's exactly. Nice. You're yeah. going to play him against the Florida Panthers in April. 
if, if right. he's not playing against Arizona in December? I mean, are you kidding me? I, so I don't. So I don't know what the hell we're doing. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like it. I, I feel like you have the kid up here. Let him play, especially in a game when one of your other centers is hurt. So you're just right, going yeah, to overtax. You're going to yeah. overtax Geeky and Coyle now, and maybe Freddie a little bit at center, just because you know you don't want to play the kid in the third period of a of a close game that doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, yeah, right. you want to win games. You're all professionals. I get it. Sure. But it's not like he's out there just passing the puck to the other team all all the time. Right. I mean, he's right. had some bad turnovers, but right. he also helped Heinen score the goal uh, right. in in one of the games there with a nice right. play along the board. So right. it's not like he's out there just completely throwing up all over himself and not being able right. to handle himself at all. Like there's been some good moments, there's been some bad moments. He's 19. That's going to happen. But you got to mm-hmm. let him play through some of that stuff. I feel like, especially at this point in the season. You know, I thought that that game, he did have a turnover that led to a goal. But then the response was the play to Heinen. Like, it was almost like he made up for it. And then they sat him anyway. He always seems to make up for it when he makes a mistake. He makes another play. Which, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if you get into April and May and so forth, if, you know, that play happens in overtime, then you lose. And, And I get it. That's bad. Um, but it's right. not April and May now it's December. Uh, so let him play through some of that stuff. Let him figure it out at this level, uh, before, you know, before the playoffs come so that he, will hold. Think, you I know. think they're in a bind. I think, I think they're in a bind because they don't have someone with his skill set mm-hmm. as a centerman. Like the alternative is to play geeky at center and bring up, you know, Farinacci or whatever, right. or get some guy off the scrap heap, whatever. Like the, that's the alternative. You don't really have a guy like Potra's skill set at center, so they're almost they're, they're thin there. So if they send him to Guelph, then then you are stuck with you know Geeky at center or whoever the hell Mer- Merkulov at mm-hmm. center now. So is Merkulov as good as Patra? No, probably not right now. Like he hasn't played in the NHL. So I don't, to me, I would bring Merkulov up to just to see what you have in him and maybe put Potra on the ninth floor for two games, three well, games. Yeah. Merkulov a chance to see what you have there. I don't know. I feel like to me, if you're going to, if you're going to bench the kid for long stretches of games, then you should go with how Anaheim's doing the kind of load management with Leo Carlson, where like second night of a back-to-back or whatever, he just doesn't play. Just don't play the kid at all. And, and, and don't short, you know, shorthand yourself uh, when you get into the third periods of games. Now you, now there's a guy just sitting on your bench. That's not going to be an option for you. If you're going to do that, just sit him the whole game, let him watch uh, and, and bring and have someone else, you know, slot in there that you're going to trust in third period. Like, so I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to do the benchings, you might as well do a load management thing where he's sitting whole games out instead of periods here and there. Right, because right now you're exposing him. Like, you're leaving him exposed on the bench. Everybody's talking about why is he sitting. Yeah. Why doesn't he Yeah, now it's a story where if it was just like the load management right. thing, you could just say, look, it's a load management. Right. You know, load he, management. second day of a back-to-back, he's not going to play. 
Right. Boom. People would understand. Sure, that. they would. But he's 19 and he's 160 pounds. Right. Away. Like, we get it. Yeah. See, that's fine. Yeah. So, but why do this thing where the spotlight's on him? He's like Steve Martin and the fucking lonely guy <laughs> at the restaurant, like sitting there, like, you know, I mean, everybody's looking at him. Like, why is he on the bench yeah. for 20 minutes? Yeah. Like, I just, I, I don't get this thought process. Yeah. Like, I don't I think that, I don't think that, I don't think they're handling it well. I really don't. No, I, don't I think. What the hell is that? No, like, I don't. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know what this is. Like, I just don't know. And it's happened multiple times now. It wasn't like one day they were like, you know what? Send the message. Fine. But they're doing it like as a plan. And right. the plan sucks. Yeah, the plan sucks. Like, it's not a good plan. No. It doesn't help him at all. He said the right things today by sure. saying, hey, it's the NHL. Every day is a good day. And yeah. Yeah, of course. But for God's sakes, like this, this can't be a good thing. Says, I'm going to sit the whole third period and watch the team play. Like it's just insane. Like yeah. just bring a bring someone up and and have them sit in the ninth floor every third game, fourth game, back sure. to back, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jesus, I don't understand this at all. Um, all right, trip seven. Mike Milbury is on the Greg Hill show. He wants the Bruins to have more bite to their game. Will this be the do- ultimate downfall again? Yeah, I mean we've talked about it, and and until they prove otherwise, it will be the downfall because that's yeah. been the mo in recent years. They, that's mm-hmm. the teams they lose to St. Louis, Florida, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so that's until they prove otherwise, it will be their downfall and they, they're going right. to need to, they're going to need to either add to the, the team, some guys that will uh, add a little more bite. They tried to do with Lucic. That's, you know, kind of by the boards now. Um, so either they're going to have some other guys in to address it, or they're going to have to have some guys within the dressing room, not up. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, that's a, you're going to have to just – and Monty has talked about this from the beginning of the season. Like, we need to be more physical. We need to put that in our DNA and all that. They need to yeah. because they're not – it doesn't look like they're going to fix it right now. Like, it, it, it's a whole, like, like mm-hmm. you said, like a philosophical change that needs to happen Yeah, on how they build the roster. And it, well, it's also how guys, like, forecheck and stuff, like – this Bruins team, like you watch them, like they'll uh, the other team will go D to D, and instead of um, finishing the check nine times out of ten, they just spin off to go chase the puck or follow where the right. puck goes right. instead of going right. through the guy. Like that's right. that's the physical. That's the difference. That's yeah. the difference between right. Florida and you. Is Florida all those guys coming in are going to hit that defenseman, not yeah. not skate by him mm-hmm. after he passes the puck away. Right. And I think that if you look at the hits, and I don't know, I don't trust the hit stat. No, the, the hit, hit stat's stat is, terrible. It's terrible. I think they need to get rid of that friggin' thing. Or or decide that they really want to take it seriously. Yeah. But Frederick and Beecher are two, two guys who played, like, the least amount of average ice time at 12 and 10 minutes all year long, and they're one and two yeah. in hits. And then, and then it goes south in a hurry yeah. after that. Like, not a lot. And there's been times this year where the defense, especially the last few games, has had, like, one hit total or zero hits. Well, that's uh, that's another part of it is, like, their zone coverage doesn't really allow for things like that to happen. It's like you can't right. finish a guy in the corner because if the puck goes somewhere else, somewhere else and then you're beat to the front of the net, like, you're missing right. your zone yeah, you, coverage. You're over, yeah, you so, know. you know, there's you're things over. where, like, part of it is the system, I think where it doesn't allow them to really, unless they stand up in the neutral zone, which they don't like to do that either because they, you know, nine times out of ten, they 
get beat down the boards and there's a two on one going the other other way because they yeah. go out of position to make a hit, which was right. part of Clifton's problem, which he's having a he's having a great time in Buffalo. The fans there are like, why did we sign this guy already? Yeah. 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 Three million dollars a year for three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh, all right, DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate. All new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up with the code ITR. Get up to $200 in bonus bets to use. Now that the Bowl Sports Betting is live in Massachusetts, that's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply subject to regulatory licensing requirements eligibility and deposit restrictions apply opt-in required bonus issued as free bets terms at draftkings.com slash m a do you do you bet on the hockey occasionally yes i do sure i do yep so so every every bet is like one and a half no i don't minus one yeah no i don't do that i'll i'll bet like money line or i'll bet like i'll bet like um single game props like first to score or a final score or uh, okay. shots per game or, you know, things like that, that will, uh, right. you know, pay a little bit better too than the, than the one and a half to two and a half puck line things. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. I, I haven't, uh, partaken in baseball or in uh, hockey cause of the, you know, the small spreads. Yeah. Do the, the, you do the, do the money line and, and make it a, make it a little parlay, like pick three or four games on the money line. And then you can, then you can get uh, a little, you know, plus 500, 800. You might be able to get a profit boost out of that and get a little yeah. professional better. Get a here. little, okay. get a little something, something. I've hit a, I've hit a couple of huge college football ones. They're like an eight team yeah, and a 12 that, team yeah. one, like 180 or $200 on a 10 team bet, a uh, 10, okay. $10 bet. Another mm. two fifty something on a on a ten dollar bet. So, Interesting. yeah, I don't bet a lot, but you know, right. a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I bet I bet often, yeah. but not not a lot of money. Yeah, you bet often, but it's just play money. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just you know, yeah, just ten bucks here there. For the effort. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, a beauty for this week, and our beauty is one Bradley Marchand. This will teach those filthy bastards who's lovable. That's right. He knows the lovable rat. Look at him. Uh, Brad Marchand, five goals in a row. Uh, and he has been uh, terrific this last week or so since the Bergeron talk. And I still think he's done after next year. But uh, he's back to being point-per-game guy. Yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see that he's yeah. kind of turned his game around here and, and found it. Uh, we need him to find it. He needs to be, you know, that guy on this team. There needs to be kind of another star player or another option other than Pasternak that, that opposing teams need to kind of key on uh, to take some of the pressure off Pasternak too. So it's good to see that he is uh, back playing up to the level that we all expect. Yeah, no no question about it. Uh, I'll tell you, you're, the bender the bender here is one of your faves right here. <laughs> bender is John Tavares. Ah, the bender. 
Yeah, he, uh, how about that back check by Johnny T uh, in the Toronto game? He was just like, was yeah. Terrific. He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> did he think the time was out? Like, did he think it was, there was no chance they were going to go out and score? I, I don't know. He just stood there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what he thought was happening, but he was the one guy that had a chance to catch either one of them, and there was zero effort. I, that's, yeah, I'm going that, to ask Connor, uh, our, our producer, does he take the rational shit in Toronto that he should, John Tavares? Probably not, but right. I feel like he produces enough points if you take the metric of, you know, every 10 points is worth about a million dollars and, you know, add the plus minus, slap the C on him. He kind mm-hmm. of equates, but uh, I feel like when you're in Toronto, can you really get any amount of shit unless you're a defenseman? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good I point. Like, I mean, Matthews gets gets shit because they haven't won and all stuff. But I think it's 100% Tavares. Like, I just think it's Tavares needs to get the screws. He needs to get, you know, the hose. Well, so that's, I mean, that's his culture, right? Yeah. He's the right. captain of the team. That's his culture. And that's a that's yes. a that's an awesome, that's a top notch example you're setting for the rest of the team. Yeah. You're out there yeah. in overtime uh against the Bruins. Against the Bruins who who, who yeah, who are your yeah. nemesis. Guy blows a tire at center ice. Uh the right. Leafs might call it a penalty on Marshawn, but he lost an edge. Let's let's be realistic. Uh and, context here. He's played 24 games, seven goals, 16 assists, 23 points, and a plus three this year. Yeah, okay, so okay, so he's been he's yeah. been right there, been pretty good. Yeah, but Great. Uh, but the example <laughs> that he sets is not pretty good. It's pretty terrible. No, that wasn't pretty terrible. As he watches Pasternak going on a breakaway, and then Marshan somehow beats him to the front of the net, uh, and you know it's funny because he go Pasternak goes in on the breakaway, no one in the screen with a Maple Leafs sweater on, except for the goalie. Uh, and then he flips it back out. Marshan has a time to glove it down, put it down, and shoot it in. And there right. still was not a single Maple Nobody Leaf there. in no, the screen. Yeah. Nope. So that's, uh, that's a terrible example to set as, uh, as a captain. Yeah, that was not very good at he all. He would be third in points overall on the Bruins for context there. Yeah. I wanted him, I'll tell you. I wanted him when when oh, the in, in free that? agency. We yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We were like all in on Tavares. Yeah. Like, let's go get him. Let's get him. Because yeah. I honestly I think him coming here, he would have would he would have been better off. He wouldn't have had the hometown pressure. He would have had he would have been able to slot in behind Bergeron. He wouldn't have had yeah, to wear the C to some Jesus. Yeah. 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 And he could have, wow. you know, he could have learned kind of the defensive side of the game, maybe a little bit more from Bergeron. So I think he would have fit really, really, really well here. Um, But, um, you know, he chose a different path and uh, it hasn't really quite worked out for him so far. It hasn't panned out for John John Tavares. Uh, All right. Centennial season spotlight. Wayne Cashman is our guy this, uh, this week. I loved Cash. Wayne Cashman. I'll tell you, our, our buddy Bill, his his father hated Wayne Cashman. Really? But, but he did. He had such a well at the end of his career. Oh yeah, it was one of those where he was getting, he was playing to past his prime. Yeah, and sure. he just. But Wayne Cashman had similar. I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, similar. I mean, eerily similar numbers to David Krejci. Like it's eerily similar. Really? Uh, 
Yeah, Cashman had, uh, let's see, in 1,027 games, 277 goals, 516 assists for 793. He was right. He had uh, 1,041 pims. Yeah, he, he Cashman could scrap. He would he yeah, he, he would he scrap. scrap. Yeah, and he was a plus, you know, four thousand. <laughs> sure, he was. The rest of that team yeah. was, but uh, yeah, he was. Uh, but he wasn't the. You know, he had some playoff years where he was good. You had thirty. How about this? He had he had thirty two penalty minutes in one uh, playoff series. One playoff uh, back in uh, was it seventy nine eighty. Um, but he had, you know, he had a, a couple of decent playoff runs there, um, but not too spectacular. Not Cratch playoffs. Cratch playoffs not was it? Playoff. No, was another. He was another. He was another went took it to another level in the postseason. He wasn't playoff Krejci at all. No, but uh, but Cashman was a, a pretty pretty darn good player. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he really was. He had twenty plus goals, like you know, eight or nine times. Yeah. So he consistently he, consistently sure. good. Yeah, and he's 78 years young. Good While for him. talking about uh, Cashman and some old stats here, you you piqued my interest, so I searched it up. I want to throw you guys a quick question. Okay. I looked up who has the best plus minus of all time in the NHL. In the top three, two of them are former Bruins players. Could you name any of the three? Well, or. Correct. And he's number two at a plus five eighty two. Like I think it's Bork. Bork, right? Correct. Bork is number three at plus five twenty seven. Jesus. Can you guess at who is in number one at a whopping plus seven twenty? Is it a defenseman? Um, one second. I have a guess if it's a defenseman. Uh, seven twenty-two. Jesus, it's not Paul Coffey, is it? I was gonna say Nick Lidstrom. It is not Nick Lidstrom. It okay. is not Paul Coffey. Hold on. Okay. I've heard of this player's name, to be honest with you, but I don't know his exact position, so I want to just double check before I okay. open my mouth. I mean, it must be a defenseman. Is it? It's not Larry Robinson. No, that wouldn't be. Ding, ding, ding. Larry Robinson. Oh, yeah. Larry Robinson. Well, yeah. So he he was on all those Montreal teams that were wagons. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Seven twenty-two. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. I I'm, I I believe Jesus. that. I believe that. He played a long wow. time too, Larry. Where I'm, he played a long time. A long time. Yeah, he played a long time. Wayne Gretzky came in fourth yeah. at a plus five twenty. So he is the top forward. Yeah, top Gretzky's 20. top forward. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's wow. Five twenty is a forward. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's wow. craziness. That's just crazy. Well, I mean, talking about arguably yeah. the greatest. I mean, greatest player of all I mean, time yeah i mean you're talking about war and gretzky the next bruin on the list is a ways down there looks like probably is about it, 10th. it is brad park at plus 363 oh. 63 park wow yeah he was at the park rangers so too good. for for some of that yeah park was so good so underrated yeah so good it was he had the goal that like made me fall in love with the Bruins against yeah. the Sabres, Sabres. 83. Yep. Like, yeah, the overtime goal. Overtime. Was like, that was the first time I was like, "This, I love this fucking team. Me too. That was unbelievable. That yeah. was after the other loss to the Quebec Nordiques, the Stastny's in 82. And then in 83, they won that series in game seven. 
you know, over time. And the play, the Fred Cusick's call, the place was just bananas. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I think I, I, I'm almost positive. I don't know if it was the 82 series or the 83 series, but I went to a playoff game against the Nordiques that the Bruins got down Ooh. three, nothing on uh, goals, all goals by the Stastny brothers. And it may have been a hat trick by Peter Stastny. The Bruins were down three, nothing going into the third and they came back and, and won four, three. And oh. uh, it was one of the best that made me, that was that and the Brad oh, yeah. Park goal that made me fall in oh, love God, with the Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That atmosphere was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Providence Bruins beauty of the week. How about Alec Regula came over in the Taylor Hall trade. He's a plus 16 this season. Tops in the AHL. Tops. Having a pretty good year. 14 PEMs yeah. in 21 games. So he, he gets after it a little bit physically, maybe. Not really. Yeah. Uh, Not uh, really. But two goals, six assists is pretty good. And uh, yeah. plus 16, you know, he's doing things the right way. Right shot defenseman. You know, is that somebody that could that could step in and, and uh, play if good. Shattenkirk was dinged up or, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody like that. I don't know. Is that is that a guy that you would is that a guy that you would rather see than Ian Mitchell? I don't know his size. Is regular kind of a bigger guy? Because Mitchell's not really. Mitchell's a Rich, little bit. Mitchell's not. Um, and Ian Mitchell is is more Connor Clifton than than anything. I mean, he's kind of a skate around the skate around the world. He is without guy. the physicality. Without the physicality, yeah. right? Because that's something that that Connor Clifton would bring to the table for sure. Is he would beat a guy and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Regula's six four two oh seven. Okay, yeah, he's a he's a he's a big and he's a big he's a big kid. So he's a guy know, I wouldn't uh, mind seeing step in at some point just to see yeah. what just to see how it he's looks. Twenty three years old doesn't turn twenty four till August. Okay, like he's still young. Yeah, he still has some upside. I think he's played eight eight NHL games, I believe, for the Blackhawks. Yeah, uh, no more than that. He's played eighteen and four. He's played twenty two total games with with the Blackhawks. Um, had a really he played with the London Knights of the OHL. Had a phenomenal year as a defenseman his last year there, um, and it was picked in the third round in 2018 okay. by the Red Wings. So, but he's you know maybe he's a guy that's kind of a sneaky. Yeah, sometimes it takes you know. sometimes it takes D men a little bit longer to to develop and and you know kind of find their games. Because uh, it's not an easy position at all. So, no, it's not at all. So I think that that's, uh, I think that's that's a you know good little bright spot. I mean, they look they they dumped Hall and Felino. Well, yeah. of the opportunity to sign Felino mm-hmm. um, at the time, but you know I think that's they got Mitchell and Regula who are two serviceable guys. So. You know, it's it's a decent it's a decent trade anyway. You don't want to trade a guy like Taylor Hall usually for nothing, but they got a little something sure. uh, in the pipeline there. So, you know, good for them. Um, and then the prospect spotlight. How about Philip Svedback, another goaltender? He is playing with the Providence Friars. They are ranked this year. Just lost a tough one to the Eagles of Boston College, but Spedback has a 2-1-3 goals against, a 9-0-8 save percentage. He has nine wins uh, and is a good goalie prospect for them. He was a draft pick of the Bruins, and just add him to the list. Michael DiPietro, who was on our show, mm-hmm. was has been terrific. Yes, like, he he's has. Been excellent this season for Providence. And of course, Bussy, Brandon Bussy is you know, very good. And you have Reed Dick, 
mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's playing pretty well for Swiss, Swift Current, the Broncos, in the Western Hockey League. So, again, Bruins do a great job with goaltenders. They Just do. Just a phenomenal job. You know, yeah, it, 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 it is kind of like, kind of like pitching, like you can never have enough. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bruins kind of deal a little bit from a strength here and see if you can deal one of these goalies to somebody and, and get something in return that could benefit the, the, the big club benefit the Bruins. You know, can you get a tough, you know, defenseman? Can you get, you know, a forward You'd have to probably include some other stuff in it, um, depending on who it is. But you know, can you put one of these goalies into a trade to help your to help the Bruins? I mean, they have a a, a lot of guys here who are good prospects as goalies. They do, and they do, and you know, yeah, Kyle Kaiser hasn't been great, but he's he's another guy who's been in the mix there too, and. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think that maybe you can add one of these guys in, into a deal somewhere, especially if it's a deal where like Hannafin's playing strong arm. Right. And maybe you put in DiPietro or someone in the thing, you know, just to sort of get some value for one of them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to need them all. So, yeah. um, especially with Swayman and Elmark and they'll probably, I think, I still think they're going another year with Swayman and Elmark. So I think you're right. I think they will. Um, I really, I really think they are, especially with their cap room they have next year. I think they are. I really do. I mean, I told you, uh, I think in the playoffs they're going with the platoon. I think they're going with straight, pl- straight platoon in the too. playoffs. I really do. Yeah. Wacky. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. That's either going to blow up in their faces yeah. or or be just genius. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to go with the latter <laughs> or the former, rather, <laughs> on that one. I, I don't have a lot of faith in that thing, but okay. No. Yeah. Um, anyway, week week ahead for the Bruins: December the thirteenth at New Jersey, December the fifteenth at the Islanders, and then the Rangers back at home the next night, the sixteenth, and then the Minnesota Wild at home on the nineteenth. So a four game stretch here of some pretty good teams, and uh, the Bruins will be back at it. They've been off since uh, what Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they have a chance here to get a little bit of rest, hopefully get McAvoy back. He's day-to-day, as is Zaka. He's day-to-day. So hopefully a chance to get those two guys back and see what see what you have coming up this week as we head toward Christmas and the Bruins atop the Eastern Conference. Well, also, also what we need to mention is uh, the 13th is is uh, Maddie's birthday. Yes. You'll, yes. you'll uh, be... One of the great days in history. Yeah, it is. The 13th Obviously. of, of December uh, is your birthday. And so, you know, we need a big win out of the Bruins at New Jersey for Mr. Yeah. Mr. Matthew that's, Barry. That's, just, that's where I should be on my 51st birthday is exit, exit 16W. 16W. Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, to see the Devils and Bruins. I should be there. You should, but uh, will not be. It's trivia time, evidently. What's what's Connor's new <laughs> trivia time for? What's yes, the I yeah. am gonna right. jump in yet again today okay. and just okay. let it all out. Okay. So I got okay. a little bored while you guys were talking about some of the old school Bruins stuff, and something crossed my mind. Okay. There's a couple Bruins trades within the last couple decades that are really barn burners. So I'm going to give you some of the general ideas of the trade, and I'm going to see if you guys can pick the player. In 2015, the Bruins and the Minnesota Wild connected on a trade. The Minnesota Wild acquired the 2015 fifth-round pick of the Boston Bruins and gave them a 2016 fifth-round pick. I know this, yeah. The Bruins pick 
that they acquired from Minnesota in 2016 became Cameron Clark. Yeah. The pick that Minnesota got in 2015. Kirill Kiprasov. (laughs) Yep. Perfect. Great one. Let's go back. Let's go back to 2007. Okay. The Columbus Blue Jackets traded Adam McQuaid to the Boston Bruins for a 2007 fifth round pick. Now, this player is a center in the National Hockey League, and he does not play for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but he is the captain of his respective team. Ooh. Do, 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 2007 do, 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 fifth round pick 2007 so Christ he's in the league he's that was 16 years ago and uh, whenever you guys get a little dry I'll give you another another hint that might uh, get you across the finish line um, somebody out there right now is driving through traffic oh, they are. oh they're so screaming and yelling at the radio right yeah, now they are. Yeah, and they're they like are. these assholes don't know hockey what do yeah. we do what are we listening to them for now right. this player also plays on a team a power play unit and most of the time a line with a former bruins first round draft pick oh nick felino Damn it. He is the current captain of the team he plays on, I said. Oh. Current captain of the team he plays on. And he plays on a line, power play unit, with another former first-round pick. Isn't 07 the Zach Hamill year? I think (laughs) it was, yeah. Um, 07. Western Conference team. Western Conference. Oh, uh, uh... Jamie Ben. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you what. That was from the ass region. That was <laughs> nice. That was a nice job. Thank Jesus. You. Jamie Ben. Wow. Fifth round pick in 07. Wow. Wow. They could have had Jamie Ben. That yeah. was the time where the Bruins went bananas on defensemen. Mm-hmm. They acquired mm-hmm. Andrew Ference, Aaron Ward, Dennis Weidman, Adam McQuaid, and drafted Tommy Cross in the second round, all mm-hmm. within a year span. Wow. Okay. All of them turned out to be pretty. All of them turned the, out to be pretty good, except for Tommy Cross, who never yeah. really broke into the NHL. But he was like a career AHL guy. Oh my God. He played he like played 500 games in the AHL time. or something. Yeah, yeah, he did. He played a long time. He I believe did. he was the captain of the P Bruins. He was. He was. He was. Yep. He was. He was. And he finally got a shot with the Bruins like once toward the end. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was when he was kind of past his prime a little bit. Right. That yeah. he finally he got a chance. Playoffs as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I remember that. Injuries. Well, that's it. We'll have to mix in trivia time. At Anywho, the I will <laughs> yeah. try to bring some fun little random Bruins trivia yeah. or things that's like that. Oh, random crap. Yeah. Make sure it's stuff that we can answer, though, because if we don't know it, then we look like assholes and people want to yeah, listen. Yeah. I know. I'll, yeah. I'll <laughs> keep milking you the, the good ones. You can yeah, go ahead and milk me. Can you milk me? You can milk any. Oh, Connor, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> Brandon Carlo. <laughs> Milking him, you can milk uh, anything with nipples. For yes, those just ask, just ask Bobby De Niro. You can milk any. Oh, look at that! Look at that! That's making that's making uh, 
Danny's Wet album Across album New England. Right there. That's a really good album cover right there. It is. He should be a country yeah. singer, shouldn't he? He should be, yeah. Brandon Carlo. What would his What would his hit song be? Uh, my truck is better than my ex girl. Something. <laughs> I like my dog better than my ex girlfriend. Uh, I like my truck and my dog, dog better than you. Or uh, off the kick plate. A long <laughs> gone highway. Something. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Long road. I believe Tyler said something about him having a long rangy stick. He does have a long. There you go. The long rangy stick. Long rangy stick. Yeah, the long rangey stick. That's a country if, music. If you guys here. do not let uh, that be the episode title now, uh, yeah. I think you failed. A, no, I think I think it should be the long rangey stick. Stick should be the. Stick. We're, cha- we're changing it. Yep. Yeah, we're changing it for all the ladies. All right, go to <laughs> for Bruins Benders merchandise: uh, shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, stickers, and coasters, and all sorts of things. All Banners, yeah. From from Smitty, the whole gamut. Uh, follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We do the game updates on Twitter. Until next time, folks, thanks a lot for listening and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.